think some of the people that get most coverage and everything are people that stand out. If they're going to give you their coverage, they need to know and feel that it's going to be worthwhile. Having your name in front of some of these um, journalists and platforms and everything else, that can just be the, the starting point. In this episode, I'm speaking to Kat Pop. She's the director of 10 Letter PR. She's the former manager of Channel U. And we're talking all about PR and the world of press, publications, the misconception about how to use the media to your advantage as an artist. Kat has so much perspective to share about storytelling and the idea of the perfect pitch. So laser lock you with all your attention to this insightful episode. I learned so much about what goes on behind the scenes of a pitch and how you keep in touch with these publications over time and that builds your credibility as an artist. So let's dive in. This is the second last episode of season one. We're bringing it to a wrap in a two weeks time and then we're taking a few months break. This is the All About Music Industry series. I'm pumped to dive into this conversation. There is so much I want to unpack about the misconceptions around the world of PR. I think you have artists doing major activations like Central Sea, parking Lamborghinis all down through Wembley. You've had Travis Scott pulling up a huge ship outside London Bridge. And everyone thinks a PR brings you streams. But Kat, can we talk about the reality of the world of the publications and coverage part of the industry? What is your perception about the value that PR can bring to an artist? I think PR, you know, a major thing. I think over the evolution of music, where we are now in such like a digital world, heavily influenced by streaming and everything else, I think you quite often get people kind of question the value of PR sometimes now. But regardless of where you are, like PR is one of the main drivers of you as an artist. Like it's your story. It's you know, how you are, um, how you want to be seen within the media and how, and obviously, you know, like you have to have somebody in the middle of that in order to convey that message and that story and put it in the right places. And, you know, so, so PR's like, PR's always going to be with you. Like it's always relevant to you as an artist because it connects everything really. It connects, you know, you with media and, and especially the higher you get and the more established you get as an artist, I think that that's when it really starts, you know, making sense. I mean, obviously the examples you've just used are huge, but obviously on a lower level and kind of in a more in introductory place, um, PR is still relevant. Fully agreed. I think the artists just fall into this trap that for one song campaign, I'll do a PR one time and I'll get coverage in Hypebeast and Complex and da 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 And they don't necessarily think about that long-term brand building and working over a number of months to years. Like Bugsy Malone sent press releases to me as a young blogger probably 10 years before he actually blew up. And it's that consistency and longevity that I'd love you to talk about. Like, how do you build forever with PR rather than short, sharp first? Yeah, I mean, look... PR's expensive, like all of these elements of what you do as an artist in kind of this set up and foundational stage is expensive. So, you know, and we often have this conversation with independent artists and labels and everything else because, 
you know, you're putting you're putting a lot into it and you're not necessarily necessarily going to see those instant results. It's a long term um, investment into your brand. Right. So, you know, in those early stages, you're probably not going to be able to afford to do um, a PR campaign on every single track that you release or whatever it might be. So I think the key thing is to speak to your publicist or the PR you end up choosing to come on board and figuring out what the long-term goal is and how in those kind of shorter, like sharper bursts, how you're going to build that into part of your longer-term strategy. Um, I mean, you know, obviously you just mentioned Booksy there, like I've worked with Booksy, you know, kind of 10 years ago, um, almost. And um, and we were very, you know, like, we, you know, like we were really key in those kind of early stages of what he was doing and how we were, you know, marketing him and how we were pushing that story and especially very much like the Manchester vibe and everything that he was doing. And, you know, like he really stood out from, from the crowd. Um and it's the same with Crepton Conan. We would work with the, like those guys. We actually, when I started, um, you know, like my PR company, Crepton Conan were the first artists oh. that we worked with. Um, and and it was really early days for them. But you've now, and they, from the get-go, they had already done quite a lot of groundwork before we were even there. Um, and it was very much for them. They built their own fan base to the point where they didn't actually rely on a, anything in particular, you know, other than other than their fan base. Like, they, like their fan base was so strong that that could kind of push them into a certain direction. And we used that as the story in order to, you know, kind of then start bringing on media and, you know, establishing them within media and radio and, you know, TV and with magazines and et cetera, et cetera. So it's... I think that, like, you know, you cannot completely discount those short, sharp bursts at the start because it, it has to be done, especially when the budget doesn't extend to kind of anything longer. Um, but just make sure it is part of a longer-term strategy. Recognised. And I really appreciate hearing you talk about these narratives and storytelling and the angle from which you're going to craft, the not the pitch, but the discussion with the media outlet, like you start with Manchester and you start with these two two young boys from South and East London. And I think a lot of artists just think, just send them my music and they'll talk about it. But actually you have to prepare the press release with some thought and some strategy of what goes into it. Yeah. For a brand new artist, what kind of things go into their very first press release? Some people come to us and they literally don't know where to start. Um, obviously, due to our insight and the fact that we have worked um, with so many kind of independent, upcoming arts, new artists, um, we're experienced in being able to, you know, kind of advise them on where they can go in different areas um, that might then help what we're doing in terms of, you know, um, with being like, you know, like their PR and their publicist. When we start working with an artist, we, we send a string of questions to them. And that's so we can understand where they are and what their expectation is and, you know, kind of where they sit amongst everybody else in terms of profile. Um, 
And it might be, you know, and we even ask the question, like, is there anything that we really need to know about? I mean, and that can go as far as being something that you don't want the media to kind of talk about, but that might be out there somewhere. Um, and then also, like, you know, the key things that you do want to be, so, like, you know, talk about, like, the, how you want to be viewed by, like, the public and the media. So once we know that, and obviously some of these are like really um, honest and open questions and answers that you like conversations that you've got to have, right? With artists, because the last thing you want to do is, is start a campaign and then all of a sudden something jumps out of nowhere that your publicist didn't know about, because then you're you're trying to control that side of it and like an element that you didn't know existed. So if everything's clear from the get-go, you can understand each element of what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to, you know, push out there into the world and then focus on that. And what, and I think one of the, the, the key thing is, especially with new artists, especially with like establishing artists, what's your USP? Like what is it's setting you apart from everyone else? Because there are, as we know, hundreds and thousands of upcoming independent artists. So, yeah. so yeah, it's great that you've got this track. And it's great that you've got like, you know, whatever, 50,000 streams on Spotify or 10,000 streams on Spotify or whatever. But as an artist, what is it that's different about you? Why do, why is Complex going to care? Why is, you know, like that journalist over there going to care? Like, you know, like, and that's, that's what we need to, you know, as a publicist, that's what we worked with the artists to do and to explore. So we can then turn that into a, press release or a pitch and then start letting people know and letting the relevant places know and, and then you start getting the really nice pieces of um coverage uh, because pe the relevant people then want to talk about the relevant things that's so fire i definitely love this idea of these scoping questions you ask them and you use that as the basis so it's not just we heard these genres in your song or we're going to make up some babble about the genres what I love is that you go deep and you've been insightful. A lot of artists that I work with, I do an exercise and I ask them to list the dream publications they want to be on, whether that's YouTube channels, Instagram accounts to post about them, yeah. radio presenters, blogs, and they all stall. They don't have enough of a list. So I'm like, if you don't listen to these publications, why should they support you? If you can't imagine that you want to be on ex-journalist writing an article about you why should the pr make some magic and make it happen if you didn't care enough to do the research in the first place do you ever find that the artists don't know where they want to get featured they just want the big one from somewhere yeah a hundred percent it's literally you know you find that like expectations is one of the biggest things to manage when it comes down to, i think with anything but obviously like with pr and you know, kind of pushing it out there, like we don't have a magic wand. Like, and what, and one thing that I always say to people, and it's a, it's a really, you know, like I think it's a really important thing to cover when you're talking about PR, you don't pay for the results. Yep. Like that, you know, I can't turn around to you and say, yeah, you're going to pay me X amount. We're going to work this amount of weeks and I'm going to bring you back 20 links. Uh -huh. Like, you know, 20 pieces of coverage, whatever that might look like. Like it just doesn't work that way. So I think what you've got to um, be really open and honest about is, and you know, identifying those places. We always like look over a target list prior to starting a campaign 
and you usually find that there's like a, a, a target list that we think like these are the ideal places and then you go wider than that as well you know you you just kind of like scope it out because once you've started you can then see who's reacting to it you can see you know whether or not okay do you know what these people there that i didn't expect to like it this audience here they're really keen into it or you might find that something's happened on social media it's been the track's been picked up somewhere that you know we didn't expect it to be picked up by like you know tennis match or something like that do you know what i mean and then all of a sudden you can go down a completely different route as a publicist and start hitting that into like different areas of media that maybe weren't open to before um so yeah, I think that, you know, I, expectations are a major thing, but it's also like, you've got to be quite fluid with, um, you know, like your approach sometimes. And as an artist, you've got to be quite like welcoming of the fact that it's not cut and paste for everything. Like this is, this is about you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's always like specific to the artist. So, you know, and, and a good publicist is going to jump onto all different elements of the campaign in order to find new routes for us to go for, for you to go down and for us to like you know kind of tell your story facts i definitely resonate with this idea that you you said it very lovely you said you don't pay for results you actually pay in my understanding of pr for introductions because you have a, a black book of contacts your your legacy on your rolodex of people you can tap up and say i have a song that might be right for your platform and so the artist, A, cannot dampen your credibility. When you introduce an artist to a publication, it has to be right for them or it jeopardizes your credibility. Or you're going to research who is a better fit and do cold intros to them. And sometimes, like you said, you can't guarantee someone's going to say, yes, I'll put it on my publication just because you asked. They get yeah. thousands and thousands of messages a day and they have to cherry pick what's right for their audience. Do people get that twisted that they think it's a guaranteed thing because they're using a PR at all? Oh my gosh, yeah. I think that's one of the major things. And again, why, I mean, you know, I can't talk for everybody, but it's definitely why we have those conversations before we start a campaign. Just so that everyone's absolutely clear on what it is, um, like how it's going to roll out, uh, what to expect, um, you know? So it's, yeah, 100%. And you, and see, when we say that obviously you don't pay for, for the results, what you do pay for is you pay for the feedback, you pay, pay for the service, you pay, like you said, for like our contacts and the relationships that we've built with people over years and years. You know, like there's, there's so much more when it comes down to PR and especially like going back to, you know, kind of our, our initial conversation, especially when you're starting out and it is, you know, um, you're introducing, you're being introduced as a new artist, you're not going to get things overnight, you know? So it's work, it's having your name in front of some of these um, journalists and platforms and everything else, that can just be the, the starting point, you know, because then what happens is you continuous, continuously keep them updated as things go on. And then, you know, like from that point, you know, kind of in a year's time, once they see as well that you've got the consistency, like, you know, your music's at a, a level and it's growing, you're building in terms of profile, then all of a sudden they're like, do you know what? I've seen this artist, I've seen them grow over, you know, the last few months, the last couple of years. I really think that this is the one that I need to be covering now in order to, and and then you get into things like spaces like 
for example, at the moment, we're now getting into kind of, you know, the, the, the last quarter of the year. And you're going to start looking at things like who's to look, who's to watch for 2024 yeah. and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, you know, like it might not be the case of you're going to get the coverage as soon as I, say, I send something out then. But if your publicist has kept them update, updated, if you've grown in all the areas that you need to grow in, um, and they feel part of the story, then at some point, as long as it resonates with them, they're all, they're going to come on board. I vibe with it heavy because there's definitely this idea that if you tap the same person up enough times and if their circle of contact begin to hear of you, it pressures them into doing the outcome. So if four, four of the five blogs are constantly talking about you and the fifth one keeps declining, they, they'll be watching and when they see you on all other four, we better support. And yeah. sometimes it's that chicken and the egg scenario. You can't get support until you have it and you can't have support until you get it. Yeah, it's 100% true. I want to shift gears a bit. What can an artist do on their own social media channels to give the PR ammunition and talking points in their outreach? So is an artist need to make a buzz for themselves? They need to be making colors studio style hanging mic videos like freestyles what can they be accountable to to like make their socials pop i hate that phrase but what can they do to make themselves pop i mean look i think everyone's got to be true to themselves right so i think that there's no like you know i said to you before there's no cut and paste formula to say like if you do this this is going to happen um so you've definitely got to be true to yourself i think some of the people that get like you know kind of the most coverage and everything are people that stand out that people do things that little bit differently like they just might be completely unapologetically themselves and you know it's, i think it's got it's whatever it feels right to you but you've got to be you know kind of um you've just got you've got to be active you've got to be like you know depending on what story it is that you want to tell you have got to be that story and write that story in kind of every space that you're doing it um so especially when it comes to socials now i personally feel that obviously it just takes more than socials like you need to be like you know like like live shows like how's that looking like what are you doing that that's something that little bit different as well like you know like are you if you're going down the route of you know kind of festivals and everything like you know what are you doing there or you know like are you chucking things out to the crowd that like you know we can then go and talk about and you know all that side so then and is that being mirrored with your socials and then you know when you look over at your dsp that like what's happening with your dsp that like everything has to marry up and as long as i can then start talking about all those different places and like oh yeah like because I can't just say, oh, look, their socials are popping. Yep. Right? So it's like, you know, it, it, when I'm trying to basically sell you and, you know, kind of develop this relationship between you and a journalist or you and a platform, like they really need to know that it makes sense for them and that if they're going to give you their coverage, they need to know and feel that it's going to be worthwhile. So I think that, it, it, the other like it's a two-way street right it's a relationship like you can't just expect the world from everybody else like you've got to give it back to so and that's what obviously why they like a lot of like platform that's why platforms support big artists as well because it's then if the bigger artists are then saying 
check out, you know, my photo shoot with Vogue and blah, 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 blah. People are going to be like, oh, wow, like, that's incredible. And automatically it goes straight back to that platform. So there's a lot to be said for, like, you know, kind of the most simplest of things, like thanking the people that are supporting you, like shouting them out. Like, even if it doesn't fit your, your feed necessarily, put it in your stories or whatever it might be, you know, kind of all that kind of just stuff. Things like nurturing the relationships between the artist and the relationship are as, as important as it is for me to nurture the relationships that I've got with the people that I'm pitching to. I can just know that we're on the same page because even when the way you said it is, the platform needs to see that you are supporting the platform. At the end of the day, this agenda of this entire industry is views and clicks. So if yeah. someone gives you coverage, they're expecting some views out that new audiences discover their platform and I always use this phrase with my own artists to say if the if the lead journalist at the publication goes to your socials if they can't see a block of posts about one song and then they scroll back and another block of posts about the song before they might not care and an artist's response is usually but I did it on my story and that's yeah. great great for that day but it doesn't serve your longevity and so when an artist creates a series of posts and it doesn't have to be solely song promotion i think lifestyle is important the whole yeah. like youtuber comedy style content whether it's football whether it's food whether it's the most random thing nowadays is a challenge for everything and i feel like the more the people can talk about you engage with you discuss you and your name comes up in new circles that's the kind of oh i saw them do this thing on tiktok and that yeah. conversation can convince a journalist to write about the music because they did something else lifestyle-based. Does that ever come up with artists that you've done stuff with? Where else is your name beyond your Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, it's so important now. Like, you are a brand. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything that you're doing needs to be said, like, telling that same story. And I think that, you know, more than ever, we are so connected to like directly to the artist do you know what I mean like you know gone of the day like you know 20 30 years ago when you'd have a poster on the wall then you know like that would be it it's like you know you can literally like dm people directly now and you know like have conversations with them you can see that you can see artists in comments on stuff as well and I, do you know what that's another thing I would totally say is a great way to go down like, if you're an artist, and, and going back to what you said before about kind of where do you want to be featured, right? Like, where is it that, kind of, you know, like your top 10 platforms? Is there platforms that you want to be, like, on board with at some point? You know, you can already start building that relationship before you get a publicist on board. So, you know, you might be there in the comments. You know, you might be seeing other artists that you rate as an artist that you might be like, oh, like, I've just seen this feature on, you know, like it might be of colours or whatever. So, like, get on there and start writing about it because not only is that then great, like, to have that conversation for, like, you know, for your publicist to have that conversation and to talk about, and not only have they seen your name, like, you know, like the platforms have seen their artist name around because you're there and you're commenting on it and everything else, but it's like that investment is so important. And I think that also what happens is your fans 
then get an insight into like, wow, this is what they like and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it makes your fans feel more connected too. So there's like, it kind of, it, it ticks so many boxes to be like active and yourself. And on the, on the flip side of that, what I would say is, be aware of what you're doing be like super like you know like if you're an artist and you're putting you know like a certain um story across or like you know a certain perception of how you want to be then make sure that you're like you know kind of almost don't let your guard down like you know say say stupid things or make stupid comments like you've got to have an awareness of yourself all the time like the end of the day your brand is your business Definitely. So it's like it is mega important to be across that at all at all points. Like if you want to go and have like a little private profile, like you know, like for whoever you are as like an actual human being, that's absolutely great. But if you're doing it as an artist, remember it's your business, you know. So you don't want to make like stupid comments because in a year's time, if you're then looking for like a brand partner or you're teaming up with someone, you're going to do like a magazine shoot somewhere and there's a certain brand on board. If a year ago you've been like slagging them off online, you might have just scuppered your chances for doing that. So just be like super aware and like, you know, kind of it's, you, you don't know where things are going. So I think awareness with what you're posting and how you're posting is super, super important. Two things I want to unpack there. I think number one, yes, the internet is written in ink, not in pencil. And no matter what you say, like the likes of Sabrina Claudia, like people can dig up stuff from 10 years ago and screenshot that and drag your name through the mud. I think also on that point is that some artists, they're afraid to praise in public and they don't want to big up someone else's music because they think, well, an artist of my caliber shouldn't be doing that and this, that, and the other. And actually you and I know it's such a valuable way to build your fan base, to build bridges, build relationships but they let their ego stop them. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is I've actually taken an artist once upon a time outside Capital FM when they had the Leicester Square office. And we performed in the middle of the Leicester Square area and we got Capital FM to write a blog about it. And then mm-hmm. that, that then got them onto the radio waves. Amazing. But artists worry that they, oh, what would the people walking past think? And actually a guerrilla marketing tactic is going to be uncomfortable, but it's what makes waves and ripples. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like how have you planned, executed, finessed some types of guerrilla marketing in the past, if you have any? Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes there's, some, with certain aspects, sometimes there's a bit of luck, right? So I'll tell you, and then other times it's, you know, kind of, like you said, like, you know, like it's a planned event that you do. And, you know, and I think when it's planned, you have got to go into it 110%, right? It's like, you know, kind of, you've covered everything that you can cover. Um, you've ensured that, you know, like say for, for, say for example, something like that, you're going to a public space, right? So it's like, you know, yeah, people are going to be looking. That's the whole point. You know, you're trying to get attention, but it's like, you can't then start feeling comfortable about doing that. You've got to go in there and give it everything. And like, you know, make yourself that little bit more comfortable. Like, take a group of your guys or your girls or whatever with you. Like, you know, make it feel a bit more like, okay, so even if, like, no one goes crazy about this, at least I've got some of my guys there. Eh? Like, you know, so as much as we don't like praising in public, we expect to be praised in Praise. public, right? Um, So I, I think that, like, you know, and, and 
like it matters like that's what we're aiming for we want people to like us we want people to like you know like what we're doing in our music and do something different and everything else so yeah 100% you've got to go like you know you've got to put yourself in uncomfortable um, situations and it does I would say that and I think that like I live by that as a lesson of life and not just kind of like you know for a business point of view but I, I truly believe that if you don't go out there and give yourself opportunities then you're like they're just not going to come to you so I think the more you're able to do that and the 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 more you know kind of confident you are about kind of stepping out of that box then I think the more that you'll get back for it a hundred percent um the other thing I'm going to say is so when it comes down to like something sometimes it's case of right place right time so for example we worked one particular track and um Obviously, like we were, we were pushing it as far as we could. We were pushing it um, to like a lot of the weekly playlists with a lot of the magazines and everything. And it was picked up by the Fader, um, and it got in like the top ten of their like tracks of the week and everything. From that, it was then actually found by um, some of the producers that take on um, that look after Beyonce's music um, like Instagram account. And it, the track was actually used in one of Beyonce's posts, uh, which at the time, like Beyonce wasn't posting much at all. It was like very early on, and it was um, it was when she had um, had she put anything out with like with one of the kids before? It was something. It was that like brand new with one of the kids. So everyone went crazy for it, and they were just like, "Oh my god, like, this is so cool!" I think, as a matter of fact, I believe it might have been her and um, and Blue. And they were like, they had this really cute little post together and the music was in, in the background for it. And now obviously we couldn't control it being put onto Beyonce's account, right? However, there was obviously places that we put it, put it where that was, it was then found. What we could do though is once it was on Beyonce's account, that was the story. Okay. So then we used that to then kind of like, push it all the way back onto the track let people know we talked radio about it we talked to obviously like press partners about it we talked to all the media and there was so much coverage on it oh this is the track that da 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 blah 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 and yeah it did incredibly incredibly well so you know I think that just looking at those avenues all the time and, and you know trying different things with something yeah it, it pays dividends really I totally agree I had two different questions to ask you but I think I'm going to take the second one you can't control the act of Beyonce picking up the song or whomever it may be, but you can make impact on TikTok. And you've got artists from the likes of Ants Live and you've got Artan, she's a 10 if it wasn't for the accent, who bang their songs out and it becomes its own cultural phenom before the media publications ever get a hold of it. How, in your experiences, can you ride the wave of a TikTok trend and get the publications to follow suit in that? Yeah, I think, do you know what? Now, you can't do it with every single TikTok track. Um, but, and and that's due to a number of things. Like, because sometimes you get stuff that's like a million years old and that might just fit, sure. you know, kind of exactly what it's doing on TikTok. However, is like TikTok's massive, like, and massive now and obviously used a lot in, um, you know, kind of like campaigns and, you know, the whole like rollout um, strategy. So I think 
in order as media to do that, like it's brilliant because it gives you automatically, it gives you a talking point. It gives you something like, you know, like a, like a, a foundation that you can build from. Um, usually once it gets to a certain point on TikTok as well, there's like various people that you might connect the trap to and, and everything else. So, you know, it can go, you've just, you've got to like, as a publicist, you've got to be smart. Right. And, and, you know, even if you're doing it yourself, you've got to be smart with how you're doing it. You can't just be like, oh, my TikTok, like my track on TikTok's huge. Is that, why is it huge? What about it? Is it huge? Like, you know, kind of, it, it's getting into the story again, right? Because every, like, you know, you can get this hundreds of tracks on TikTok now that are massive. I can't just tell people that and, they go, and like, you know, publications are going to say, oh yeah, okay then, well, it's great, it's massive on TikTok, so we're going to force it right and then doesn't work that way. So it's like, you know, kind of, it's using that as, an idea and to say that yes there's a market for it people are going crazy for it but then you use that to then come back around to you and your story and what with the whole like you know like the whole message that we're trying to get out there like when's the track sale what are we doing with it like you know when's the video out etc etc so then it's like you know you can start piling in all that side of it too i think this is fascinating i think it all stems from the fact like does an artist reach out before the song blows up to a PR and say, I want to ride this wave. Um, I think I've got a song that's got potential or alternatively, do they wait for the song to be the biggest thing in the moment and then mobilize quickly? What's best? What do you prefer? Like all those types of things. Wait, so, I mean, obviously it can happen both ways. We tend to prefer, I mean, before usually what happens is before it gets huge on TikTok or anything else, like you know an artist has been putting things out for a while there's been some profile building going on etc so it kind of takes it back to you know those original conversations we were having about like that long-term strategy and what we're going to do and having different areas covered within a campaign like pr radio like your dsps your social media marketing whatever it might be so i think that you know kind of and then you get you get those ones that just blow up and you just like you know you hit it lucky or whatever in which case you might be like wow okay i need to like maximize what i'm doing with this and you know try and get different teams on board and that's fine i would usually say that if you you like you know build a team around you kind of uh, like in the earlier stages of what you're doing and then you have a bit of a release strategy so you might be you might think Three, I might do three singles a year, I might do four singles a year, whatever it might be. I might drop bits and pieces in between. I might just do little bits on TikTok in between or just drop a little video on YouTube over here or whatever it might be. But I would always say, like, have a have a rough strategy. Like, things can always change. You can always move it around. But just have a bit of a strategy in your head of what, how you're going to roll things out, who your team is going to be, discuss it with them. Like, you might find that, you you say oh I don't I want to I want to drop it this week of the year and it might be like well hang on a second it might be a really bad idea because this event's happening or that event's happening and all the media attention is going to be over there we had a lot of that for example during the whole like coronation and like obviously you know in that all that kind of time like anything that's kind of happening about the royals and all that kind of stuff everything stops right <laughs> so like you know you don't want to try and contend with someone like the royals so you know it's it, it's just if you have people on board you can kind of maximize what you're doing and not everything that we like control by like the hour the minute the day 
but you can have enough of an insight from all the different people that you're working with to kind of give you as much chance as possible of you know some sort of breakthrough i think that makes total sense and i love how switched on strategic you and your team are to know the hurdles that might occur before they ever occur i think that's fire I mean, it's even things, sorry, it's even things like, you know, like bank holidays and stuff like that, right? Because, you know, journalists and media and everyone else are, you know, we're like, everyone's safe, everyone wants a bit of time or a free day off. So, you know, trying to avoid things like that in, for certain things, you know, like it might it might really work because everyone's at home and watching like TV or listening to a certain radio station or whatever. But we tend to avoid... Um, you know kind of releases on bank holiday because it, especially if it's that friday monday bank holiday yep. for, for example you then lose in the friday you're losing like and if it comes out on the friday people are already off yep. they're not working then you've lost the saturday then you've lost the sunday then you've lost the monday so they're not getting it until they get back into the office on tuesday morning and picking up their emails and yours might be there on underneath like you know another 150 emails or whatever so always try and kind of like stay at the top and you know kind of like you think about when it's coming and what like you know kind of like any dates and anything that might get in the way i think the tactical side that you and your team have mastered is amazing to watch so i think wanting to just round up i had so many more questions but i think we'll have to bring you back for a part two to talk about radio talk about radio and so much more is what are some of the good etiquette pieces of advice that people can do in reaching out to 10 letter pr and like how do they approach you and say they want to work how they want to do a campaign what are the nice to haves and the definitely don't do's for you um so i think you know like like with anything i think like if you're coming into it as an artist and like you know kind of as a new artist i think no matter who you're reaching out to just you know like be uh, it sounds so obvious right but just be polite like be professional um you know, when you're sending things over to people, give people as much of an insight. Not everyone's got everything kind of lined up. Some people literally might just have a track and be, you know, I think I need PR, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And that's fine. You know, we're never going to say, oh, well, you haven't sent a professional email, so we're not going to work it. Um, but, you know, because realistically, like, that's, that's our job as well. We're there to help kind of nurture that and build that for you and, yeah, what's always great for me to have is if someone approaches me and they say, look, this is my rough timeline, this is my expectation, this is where I'm at so far, this is what I've done, um, this is what I've got in terms of assets. So it might be, you know, if you, if you are looking at radio or something like that, then, you know, like this is the original version of my track, this is the clean edited version of my track, um, like, you know, like, I have everything labelled. Oh, my gosh, that is one of my biggest bugbears in the world. Like, just make sure everything's labelled. Like, I get so many tracks sent to me. So if I've been sent something and then I might go back to it a couple of days later and I'm like, I don't know what this file name is. But if it's got your name, your artist name on there, it's got your track name on there, you know, I'm going to put it in the search bar and it's going to pop up for me. So just make sure things are named properly um that you can like pop them in i don't know a dropbox folder or a transfer file or whatever it might be and you know like just make sure everything like i don't want to have to go through like or download like 20 different links like just put everything in a folder zip it up and pop it to me whatever way that makes sense um just make 
you've got to make things as easy as possible for people. Like, you know, everyone's busy, everyone's, you know, doing a million things. So make it easy, make it compact, just make it e- like, you know, like your instructions are easy to follow. And, you know, that's, and, and yeah, professional and polite, you, know, you can't go too far wrong. And if there's been anything else I need from you, I could just ask it. And then common sense is not that common. That's the problem. Right. Is that people think, oh, let's work. And I'm like, no, you need to outline to that person how you intend to work with them and what they, what you expect of them to do for you and not want them to demand your business, but you basically be easy to work with, be coachable. And I've always heard the golden rule of approaching anyone in the industry is send links, not attachments, because nobody wants to download their shit to your your shit to their computer. They want to just click a link and stream it. It doesn't expire, like you said, when you go back to it a few days or weeks later. That's the worst is to have to ask someone to send it again because, you know, you're trying to work for them. You don't need barriers to work for them, in a sense. A hundred percent. I think as well, you know, just to add to that, what I would say is um, when you're approaching, like, don't, don't take things personally. Like, you know, kind of when you're approaching whoever it might be in the industry, like whether or not it's PR, whether or not it's, you know, like any kind of plugger or, or just anyone, don't take it, don't take like no's personally because one, it takes so much for an artist to go and create something, right? Like there's so much passion and there's so much energy and time and money and love that goes into creating music and everything else, like the video and, you know, the artwork and you've done this and you've got a marketing campaign ready and blah, 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 blah. So it's like whoever you've got on board as part of your team, you want them to feel as passionately as you do about what, like, you know, your music and pushing it out there, right? So if I get a track over to me and it's like, yeah, like, you know, I want to work with 10 letter, blah, 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 blah. I'm, like, obviously, it's always so nice to hear that. What I would say, though, is sometimes it's not the right fit for us. Sometimes, like, genre-wise, we might say, do you know what? I just don't think our contacts are going to get this because it's something that they're not used to hearing from us for example like i'm not going to work a record a rock record eh i don't have the contacts for, for doing that i could probably get them if i wanted to go and get them but it's not where my like it's not our forte it's not where our relationships are it doesn't make sense to us like the the platforms that you know support that kind of vibe like they're not used to hearing from me so you know like we're not kind of a trusted source for them and all the rest of it Whereas if we get something, you know, like that might be like hip hop or drill or like, you know, R&B or whatever it might be, then we, you know, like people, are, like our contacts expect to hear that from us. And we've got those relationships already there and they exist and, you know, and there's a level at which we work. So it's like, you know, like whether or not it's brand new or not, it's got to appeal to us and we've got to be engaged with it because then we're going to work harder to get it out there. So if I say, if we say if anyone says no to you, it's like it's actually like a benefit to you sometimes. So you can't just think like, oh, you're not working it because you don't like it. I might not work it because I just don't feel I'm the right person for the job sometimes. I think that's the best type of service a professional can give an artist is to want what's best for them. I think there are other sharks in this game who will just blast it out to an email list and say, right, campaign done, invoice, here you go. And I think yeah. it takes the right type of PR and the right type of person as a human to say, there are other people who can serve you better. 
I'm not the right fit at this right time. Yeah. I think that is the perfect place to leave this. Thank you so, so, so much, Kat. You're a star. You're a friend. We go way back. And yeah. I'm honored to have you on the pod. Thank you so much. I need to get you back again, for sure. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been a real pleasure. I love chatting with you always.